Wait, what? So this happened. I'm Rachel Vallesnor, and this is the podcast Hell is Not the End, although it feels like just the beginning sometimes. Is anything really the end, though? This podcast is meant to explore the limitless possibilities of one's own soul. Why do people do bad things? Why are there countless happenings beyond understanding? Why, when we are cautioned not to do something, do we just do it anyway? The definition of curiosity, a strong desire to know or learn something. There you have it. I will curiously explore why. Hell is not the end. This week we'll be exploring another amusement park, Six Flags Magic Mountain in Valencia, California. This was another favorite park my family and I visited quite often growing up. This park isn't as family-themed as the other parks, but it has more of an excitable thrill-fill. Roaring Rapids, a river rafting ride which opened in 1981, Colossus, a dual-tracked roller coaster that was the tallest and fastest wooden roller coaster and had two 100-foot drops opened on July 29, 1978, and Viper, which opened on April 7, 1990, having a 188-foot drop, a high speed of 70 miles an hour, and three vertical loops. Talk about intense. These were always my favorite rides. Magic Mountain opened on May 29, 1971. It wasn't until 1979 that the park became Six Flags Magic Mountain. Magic Mountain has the most roller coasters in one amusement park, a remarkable 19 to which it holds the world record. It also has three water rides. At its 1971 opening, Magic Mountain's rides included one steel roller coaster, a log flume ride, an observation tower, a car ride similar to Disneyland's Autopia ride, bumper boats, a carousel, and a few smaller rides. There were also three rides to gain access to the park's peak, a cable railway, a monorail system that had three stops along the park, and a sky ride that connected two stations together. For the very first year, the park had obtained permissions to use Warner Brothers' Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes characters. This would only last a year. It wasn't until 1984 when they would again regain that permission. Rewind. February 5th, 1978, a skyride better known as Eagle's Flight traveling the galaxy course fell 50 feet to the ground below. Many reports state that the pair inside were seen violently rocking the bucket back and forth, this in turn causing the bucket to detach from its cable. Who were the pair who caused this most horrible accident but a pair of newlyweds? The husband was killed and the wife suffered serious injuries including losing her legs. I am sure these weren't the first bucket riders to try to get those sky buckets to swing. The eagle's flight was meant to give people a bird's eye view of the magic mountain. They weren't the first to disregard the signs clearly posted to not rock the sky buckets that just happened to be posted in the sky buckets themselves. I hate to sound like a broken record. No, I don't. Read the signs. On December 26, 1978, a 20-year-old Carol Flores died after falling off the roller coaster Colossus. Her lap bar was locked into place, but in this case, it turned out to be ineffective. This incident was a turning point for the ride and was closed for an entire year to make proper adjustments, including switching out the cars. There have been many complaints over the years about possible faulty restraints. Sometimes it's proper procedures gone wrong and human error making an appearance at the same time. 
In 2006, Six Flags Magic Mountain, there were 109 complaints due to incidents. Injury reports were across the board from nosebleeds to heat exhaustion to feeling just ill. 18 reports were from blacking out on the Goliath roller coaster. Other complaints were safety-related, such as ride operators talking on their cell phones while operating rides. 80 injuries have been reported at Magic Mountain between 2001 and 2006. On June 2, 2001, 28-year-old Pearl Santos suffered a brain aneurysm while riding Goliath, a steel roller coaster also known as one of the first hypercoasters introduced on February 11, 2000. A brain aneurysm is also known as an intracranial aneurysm, which occurs between the underside of the brain and the base of the skull that can leak or rupture, causing life-threatening bleeding. Her family did sue the park, claiming that there were many other complaints of riders feeling ill or feeling there was something off about the ride. Still, the ride continued to operate anyways. Enter another park. Involving the Goliath Hypercoaster ride. Six Flags Over Georgia opening on June 16, 1967. It would be the second park built in the Six Flags franchise. Goliath introduced on April 1, 2006. On July 27, 2006, 45-year-old man from Birmingham, Alabama, died of a heart attack after riding the Goliath. He was alert most during the ride, but when the ride was finished and arrived back at the loading platform, he was unconscious. The autopsy report showed that the man had a congenital heart condition. The ride was down for two hours for inspection, but was reopened after finding the ride was operating properly. Enter the Conspiracy Corner. two separate parks would have the same noted injuries for the same ride. Is it just a coincidence or a flaw in the design? Does it just boil down to certain people with certain conditions that they should just know better? Or whether or not they should take certain chances? Or is it just simply a flaw that needs to be adjusted? Why, when for a number of years, one park receives multiple injury reports before the same ride is set to launch at another park? Not only are all these concerns and injuries noted, but they launch the same ride at the next park anyway. Another couple incidents would take place at Six Flags Over Georgia, this time involving Batman the ride. The first incident occurred on May 26, 2002. A 58-year-old Six Flags foreman had wandered into the area that was a no-access area during the ride's operation. He was struck in the head by a 14-year-old girl's dangling legs and was killed. She was taken to the hospital with leg injuries, but soon recovered. On June 8, 2008, a 17-year-old male from Springfield, South Carolina, had lost his hat while on the ride. He climbed two separate six-foot fences in a restricted area to try and retrieve his hat. 
He was hit by an oncoming train and decapitated. He was with a companion who was not hurt physically, but can you imagine what he did see? If it didn't send him straight to therapy. Talk about not being able to unsee that. Eesh. Another Six Flags incident would occur May 11, 1984 at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson Township, New Jersey. While in the haunted castle, eight teenagers become trapped while the attraction is being destroyed by fire. The attraction hadn't been updated with sprinklers or smoke alarms. All eight teenagers die. Six Flags Great Adventures, as well as the parent company Six Flags, would be indicted for aggravated manslaughter, accused of recklessly causing their deaths, their precautions being inadequate to handle such a fire. The defendants denied any such guilt due to the fire being caused by arson, and that no precautions put in place could have prevented arson. They were found not guilty. The story goes that a light bulb had burned out in one of the rooms. A 14-year-old boy lit a cigarette lighter to help find his way through the darkness. The flame ignited the foam rubber padding that was in place to protect people from bumping into the walls. This in turn ignited all the flammable materials throughout the structure. The attraction would be entirely engulfed in flames and would end up being completely destroyed. This story is so horrifically crazy to me, almost like an urban legend or like a cautionary tale. Like this sort of thing happened in all of our towns and we had all been warned about this sort of thing. My heart goes out to their families. It's such a horrible way to die. Another ride closer to my current home this time involves another Six Flags Park. Well, kind of. Elitch Gardens. Not built by Six Flags, but bought by them in 1998 and operated until 2006. Of course, my story happens just before the sale on August 2nd, 1997. The Sidewinder would be Colorado's first looping roller coaster. It is a launch shuttle loop that speeds into a drop, into a vertical loop, up another hill, and then proceeds to run the course backwards. Now this, without a doubt, is my favorite ride at this park. But 45-year-old Donna Reynolds was a Sidewinder ride operator. The incident took place about 30 minutes before the ride opened. She had given the all-clear sign to start the coaster. She then proceeded to step out of the operator's booth into a restricted area. She apparently seemed like she was leaning over, maybe like she was trying to pick something up? When the train was released, she then stepped backward and fell 30 feet to the ground below, killing her. After the incident, nothing in the restricted area was found that she may have been reaching for? Side note, I have never felt any harsh feelings against any park I've ever mentioned. In fact, if I didn't care, I would have said nothing. Not only is life itself fascinating, but all the what-ifs. I think it's fair that people know what they can be getting into. But I also think it's fair that to let everybody live their own lives. Be cautious in your own way and live your life. My hope is that no one has to live in fear ever. As always, I will never give up. And read the signs. Special thanks to all the reading materials I could get my hands on. Internet mostly. Thanks to fandom and wikipedia.org. Thanks so much for listening. I am Rachel Vallisnor, and this is the podcast, Hell is Not the End. <laughs> <laughs>